Hello and welcome to PointCast. We're so happy that you can join us today. And in studio today, we have Miss Marva Hunt. Uh, Miss Marva, we thank you so much for coming here to our studio to talk with us today. Thanks for having me. We really appreciate that. Now, you are a voter? Yes, I am. An active voter. Okay, excellent. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Okay, okay. well, um, I'm a Hoosier, born and raised. Okay. Went through the Indianapolis public school system, so I'm a proud graduate of IPS. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went on to college a little later in life. I did it as an adult mm-hmm. um, and had the privilege of attending Martin University where I got my bachelor's degree and from there went on to complete a master's at Indiana Wesleyan and have been working in higher education ever since. Wow, wow, what an interesting leap that you've you've had. That's awesome, yes. that's awesome. What high school did you graduate from? Arlington High School, Arlington Golden high. Knights. Well, I'll forgive you, I came from tech. Oh, okay. those yeah. titans, yeah. wow. Well, it's good that you remember our... our <laughs> well, you know, I was on the All-City Student Council, so we embraced yeah, students well, from those for that. other schools. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you from our, from that other school that I will not name. We appreciate wow. you anyway. <laughs> so what we do here at PointCast is we really try to get to the heart of our voters. And what's really on your mind when you go to the, vote, uh, go to the polls and you vote? Mm-hmm. So what are some that you know, there's a lot. Yes. There's a yes, lot there of, on the social plate right now. Yeah. There's a lot to take in and wrap your mind around. Yes, What are is. some of the things that are close to your heart? Well, um, definitely education is at the top of the list. Um, Working in the field and just knowing what an education can do for a person, that's definitely one of the issues that's at the top of my list when I go to vote. Mm -hmm. And what is it specifically about education that, you know, compels you to think about it when you are voting? Um, probably access to education. What do you mean, um, like higher education? Higher education. um, But... That's even changed now with the way that the K through 12 system has changed with there being choice now for parents um, and they have options to go into charter schools, um, townships. So even on that level, it's become more important than it used to be. How do you feel about the, the large charter selection that we have here? You know, I think it has its purpose um, and that it does allow parents and students to make choices that fit them. Um, the, I think one of the underlying issues is understanding what you get in each of those, each of the different types of schools that you can choose from mm-hmm. and making sure that you make the best of whichever school you go to. The charter schools, they, they have been great for students. Mm-hmm. Um, but parents and students just have to know which routes to go when they get there. And some people are of the opinion that with the rise in charter schools, the support and funding, that that's kind of left the public schools behind and and, and kind of languishing. Um, Do you share that opinion? I do agree with that. Um, I think that the the public schools losing so many of their students, what's well, definitely had an impact. We see many of the public schools closing. Um, and I think more than that is it's affecting the sense of community. Mm-hmm. Students aren't going to school with their neighbors. Mm-hmm. So rarely they do they even know their neighbors. Mm-hmm. So that sense of community is being diminished. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's having an impact on the increase in violence in schools, the bullying, the students don't know each other and they have um, really no buy-in. Things that happen in school, 
They just happen in school. They're not seeing those same kids when they get out of school. They're not the kids that they play with in their neighborhood. Um, there's this this division and this separation that um, has definitely affected the sense of community, the education that students receive, even the teachers. Um, their their interest in their schools is not the same as it used to be because many teachers used to live in the communities that they taught in. Mm-hmm. Not the case anymore. But aren't we talking quite a while ago? I mean, in, in the recent, more recent years, particularly maybe from the 70s forward, Mm -hmm. we really started to see a decline, particularly in uh, communities of color. Yes. Um, And some people, they blamed a variety of things. At that time, it was probably busing. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, at the heart of it, uh, at least you'll hear proponents for charter schools talk about the competition and the opportunity for public schools to rise and, and then do better or maybe even learn from each other. Yes. That's a principle that's really taken from business. Yes, it is. Okay, so do you think it's it's misapplied in the in the realm of education or properly applied? Can well, schools can public schools get better from the competition they receive from charter schools? Well, uh, definitely the premise is there that competition is supposed to create this sense of needing and wanting to do better to survive. Mm-hmm. Um, the issue with public schools is. Th- the biggest one with most business is funding. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the competition for the funding is there. And, yeah, they need to do better um, to, to actually be in that fight. Mm-hmm. Um, but the support has to come first. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that education is competitive in itself, I don't think really fits the model mm-hmm. for um, a successful educational system. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about uh, access to post-secondary education. Yes. Um, recently, uh, the president of Purdue, uh, Mitch Daniels, has, I think for the third year in a row, has frozen tuition mm-hmm. uh, costs uh, for all of the Purdue uh, campuses. Yes. And you hear of other schools doing something similar. Um, is that enough to provide the access that you are talking about? Definitely not. Um, it has its place because the cost of education has not kept up. Well, it's definitely been more than the cost of inflation. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. And we can't really explain that value, mm-hmm. um, the purpose for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as access, um, that starts um, way beyond um, even high school. Mm-hmm. Um, the access for higher education needs to start for students as early as fourth grade. And when you say access, how does that look in your mind? Could try to explain to us, especially starting at fourth grade, what is a family of a fourth grader needing to do to get gain access? Um, Part of it is um, just taking advantage of the things that are put before you in the schools. Mm -hmm. um, And uh, some of that is going to be doing some of that um, research on your own. So making sure that even in fourth grade that you're having the conversations about what higher education is about, Mm -hmm. um, the things that you can gain from it. And um, looking into, there's there's a a program very successful here in Indianapolis, the Center for Leadership Development, that takes students and works them through this process of college readiness. um, And it starts as early as the fourth grade. Mm -hmm. So when you're looking at, voting some for someone 
from national on down, I know national doesn't always touch on some of those, but, you know, looking at our governor, looking at our mayor, not so much the party, what, what, what do they need to say specific to education to get your attention, to get your vote? Um, I think that they would need to um, definitely acknowledge the fact that um, that we need to strengthen our public schools. Uh-huh. So that's first is is uh-huh. that acknowledgement. Um, the second thing is recognizing that there needs to be some intentional programming for students of color, minorities, um, underrepresented populations. Uh-huh. Um, the the fact is is that um, the services that are needed for um, underrepresented minorities to be successful are not always available. Mm-hmm. So they need to to make those services available. Make sure that students and parents are taking advantage of those. Now, going back to what you said about going to college later in life, yes, was access an issue for you? No, it was not. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought I had all the answers. I had a job when I graduated. Mm-hmm. I was a file clerk. I was making a little money. I thought I had it thought I had it all all wrapped up mm-hmm. and it didn't take me long to realize that I didn't want to do that forever. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew that I had more potential mm-hmm. and um, although I wasn't necessarily ready to go back to school, mm-hmm. um, luckily I had um, parents who knew that I had more potential too and my mom tricked me on a Saturday. <laughs> she said we were going shopping, <laughs> she spoke my language, I jumped in the car and we pulled up at Martin University mm-hmm. and I said, well, what are we doing here? Are they having a sale? <laughs> <laughs> she said, no, you're here to enroll in school. And wow. I said, oh, no. Wow. Um, but Thank I God was, for moms. I was obedient. I listened, and um, it changed my life. She was 100% right. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that is an amazing story. <laughs> There's more, I, but I won't tell you everything. <laughs> Save some for later. I will, I will. Right, right. For a lot of young people, they feel the same way. They mm-hmm. feel that uh, post-secondary education just isn't for them, that yeah. they aren't, you know, that's a lot of time and that they're not making money. And there's mm-hmm. this making money culture that is very prevalent, um, just very prevalent in our culture yeah. across the board, across mm-hmm. the country. Uh, how do you, one side of it is providing access, but the other side of it is convincing young people of the value. Yes. So uh, how do you deal with that? Do you have access and opportunity to young people to have that discussion? Oh, yes. Um and and the way that we talk about it is just exposing them to the things that we know make students successful. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, um, just the degree track or the diploma track that they choose in high school mm-hmm. can better prepare them for success in college. Mm-hmm. Um, the honors diploma is has been proven to be the better route. Students are more successful in college when they have an honors diploma from high school. Why is that? Uh, it's because of the curriculum that's attached to it. Mm-hmm. And I think part of it is also the confidence level. Mm-hmm. When you have an honors diploma, it comes with, you know, that prestige. Mm-hmm. So you you have a little more confidence, and that confidence helps to propel you to go in and take that chance in higher education. The, the sad fact is, though, that more African-American students are gaining the core, the, the core 40 diploma. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, 
for whatever reason, perhaps it's a, a little easier curriculum. Mm-hmm. Um, perhaps that's how they're being well, guided. Well, the state at one time was promoting that heavily. That's how they're being guided. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is not the more the most successful route for so them. So are you saying guided or are they being tracked? Uh, probably both. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that th- they're definitely being tracked because, of course, the state wants to know um, mm-hmm. what students are doing. Mm-hmm. So, th- so the tracking is definitely there. Mm-hmm. Um, but a- again, I just think that there's an assumption that that students will do better with the core 40. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so that is the route that they are taking. Mm-hmm. Um, again, parents probably don't know. Well, let's explain difference. that. Yeah, what is the difference between the honors and the core forty? So the curriculum is one is one part of it. Okay. So they have different courses mm-hmm. um, for each one, and um, then the certification at the end um, determines, you know, whether it is the core forty or the honors. Because both of them require forty credits. Both correct? of them require forty credits, okay. but it is the the curriculum, the courses that they take, okay. um, and the rigor. Mm-hmm. The rigor is not a lot different, which is why. Uh, people like me question why not um, direct more students to the honors curriculum. Mm-hmm. Um, it, so it's not that um, that students are not being successful. Mm-hmm. They're just not doing it. Mm-hmm. And well, there's so much talk, as you said, that there was all this support um, and, and research and reporting on the core 40 degree. Mm-hmm. We heard little to nothing about the honors diploma. Now, what is it that you do that gives you access and opportunity to have this discussion with young people? Um, I'm the director for undergraduate programs at the Kelly School of Business at IUPUI. Mm -hmm. And so we take um, students into our program as direct admits directly from high school, or they can come into the program as sophomores and juniors. So Mm -hmm. we recruit students on all levels. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I love most about my job is having that access to students Mm -hmm. to provide them with the information that will hopefully give them a successful route. Right, right. We talked a lot about education, but I'm sure that there are other issues that kind of hit you in a certain way. Yes. A little bit, uh, and I'm sure some of them may come from personal experience and some of them may be, you know, just observing what's going on around us. Yes. What are some, some of the other issues or another issue that kind of tugs at your heart and, and, and compels you to, when you go to the poll, to try to vote for someone that you think can have an impact on that? Well, just looking at um, voting overall, the issue of partisanship. Mm-hmm. Um, I know for me as a young voter, um, my first time voting, I went and asked my parents, mm-hmm. how do you vote? Mm-hmm. Um, and it was strictly based on just following their advice. Mm-hmm. Um, as I got older, I started to look at the candidates. I started to look at um, their platforms, the issues. And so for me today, um, I don't look at party as much as I used to. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm more concerned with who the person is and what they are going to do for the voters um, mm-hmm. in their area. So um, that was one of the changes that I have had to make going to the polls is, mm-hmm. you know, I'm looking at the people, not right. the party. Are you happy with the direction that the state of Indiana is taking? You know, um, on some issues, mm-hmm. um, I, I'm still very disappointed in the state's stance on, um, for example, the recent hate crimes bill um, that... Uh, that that one was one that was really really painful. Um, Why do you think the state is having a a hard time embracing a hate crimes bill? Um, 
I think it boils down to um, responsibility mm-hmm. um, and who wants to take responsibility for um, these issues um, mm-hmm. in the end. And I feel their decision to take specific language out and add um, something generic was just a way to get around addressing the the specific issues that we know exist. But they're difficult for them, and they would prefer not to address them. And what about the people who say that that doesn't happen here? I don't know where they live. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what they're listening to. I don't know what they're reading. Um, because it's very real here. Right, right. And and what about the direction of the country overall? Are you happy with the direction of the country? Um, you know, when people ask that question, I think the first thing we think about is our current president. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I like to to look at it on a broader basis. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but for the country overall, unfortunately, um, you know, a lot of decisions do come from that leader mm-hmm. um, and from people who support him. So um, I think just as we're dealing with some of those those issues as a state, that as a country, we have missed the mark on addressing issues that affect a lot of Americans. And what is uh, what can a president, what issue can a president or a national level politician, our senators, mm-hmm. our congressmen and women, what can they address that speaks to you and where you live and how you work? Um, well, I, at the top of the list, of course, is are issues of racism. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that um, the the issues of of access to health care, access to education, mm-hmm. um, uh, those would be some of those the would most be some important. Of them. But how do you solve racism? You know what? You have to a admit it. Um, and you have to have a zero tolerance for it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we when we accept excuses, mm-hmm. um, anytime an issue of racism is raised and it's followed by a but, mm-hmm. um, it, then it, it's lost all mm-hmm. of its its meaning at that point because right. you're you're trying to justify it. Mm-hmm. What about some folks who say that it's not just that the white community is not ready to, but maybe the black community is not ready as well? Do you, I, do you, I can agree with that. Agree yeah, with that. I think that there is some truth to that. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some people who are not. Mm-hmm. Um, but we can't group um, any one group of people together and say that that's everybody. But yeah, I think that that definitely has some bearing in the black community too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now you mentioned, of course, education and healthcare. Let's touch on healthcare a bit. Wow, um, <laughs> my first career was in healthcare. Was it really? Yeah, I started out um, working at an insurance company, and mm-hmm. um, I worked for a, a nursing agency. I worked for a company that was um, a, a subsidiary of community hospitals. So I did that for about 10 or 15 years before going into higher education. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So you, you have a little bit of uh, exposure. A little just bit. Just a tad. Just a tad. <laughs> yeah. So for, for a lot of people just don't know where we are with healthcare right now. It's really confusing. Like, do we have it? Do we not? Yes. You know, uh, do are my pre-existing conditions covered? Are they not? Um what is let's let's start with just a basic question. Do you think that the federal government, there are governments all across the world that that do this, but do you think that our federal government should ensure the American mm-hmm. people? Um, I've gone back and forth with that, mm-hmm. um, but at the end of the day, uh, my decision keeps coming back to yes. Why is that? 
um, a for the hopefully it would create a, uh, an equality of benefits. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a, Again, the access to those benefits mm-hmm. and hopefully better health care overall. Mm-hmm. Um, often I feel that um, that when it comes to how patients are treated, it can differ so much based on the provider. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, hopefully a federally funded program would bring all of the we'll providers that. yeah, up right. to par. Right, there is, but that leads to another issue, and that's a, a totally different topic: the discrimination in the healthcare industry oh, yeah. and how we how we service certain people mm-hmm. over others. Yes, uh, and and you know, I don't know if funding for insurance would be enough to address that. Well, insurance is a totally different issue. Mm. Um, insurance companies exist to make money; they do not exist to help the insurer. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the way that they make money is by um, getting providers to provide services that they can bill. And um, that in itself creates this possibility for dishonesty. Mm-hmm. Um, so removing the insurance companies from the equation would be a huge improvement. Mm-hmm. They are one of the, the, the reasons that costs are driven up. Um, and that um, people may not have the access because insurance is required. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, the insurance companies are are, are one of the major problems in mm-hmm. our healthcare system. Also, there uh, is a lot of talk about the rising costs of life-saving prescriptions. Yes. Right. So is that an insurance issue, though, or is that more of a pharmaceutical issue? See, there are a lot of layers. Mm-hmm. To our medical industry. Yeah, well, of here. course, it starts with the pharmaceutical companies. They are the ones that create and, and patent and, and, and price these drugs. Mm-hmm. The insurance companies, though, come in and say how much they're willing to pay for them. Mm-hmm. So if there there is a drug that um, is overpriced, but yet the insurance company is willing to pay that, mm-hmm. then why would the pharmaceutical company then lower their price? Um, these are both businesses. Businesses mm-hmm. operate to make a profit. Right. So, right. you know, from a business standpoint, you know, I, I get it from a humanitarian standpoint, um, which is often much more valuable than what could be on the on the, the books or on a spreadsheet for a company. Mm-hmm. Um, the value can be just, you know, unmeasurable. Mm-hmm. 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 Uh, that that is a very broad discussion. It'll be interesting to see which way um, we decide to go. Were you happy yeah. with Obamacare, as it's uh, f- uh, popularly called, mm-hmm. when um, that came onto the scene? For me personally, mm-hmm. um, I, it didn't affect me a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, just looking at it overall, um, you know, I I saw its purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, and its purpose was to provide those services for people who might not have had access to them before. Um, so I, I did agree with the purpose of Obamacare. What about requiring everyone to have medical insurance and if not having to pay some sort of fine? I didn't run into um, a lot of people personally who that hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, I do know some people who did not have it before and because of Obamacare had to mm-hmm. and they took advantage of the benefits. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, I no, I agree that, that that was the right thing to do. Okay. Yeah. 
Now on to education on the national front. Um, There's been um, a lot of talk about uh, primarily uh, higher education. Mm -hmm. The person who has been appointed to the Department of Education mm-hmm. has um, done some, m- made some changes or rolled back uh, some, um, some, some things that were implemented during the Obama years. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them actually had to do with uh, student rape or mm-hmm. date rape. Yes. Okay. So you're familiar with this yes. a bit while you're in a university mm-hmm. setting. Yes. <laughs> how, did, how did that hit your university? How did that hit you? Um, well, uh, on our campus, um, it, it had always been reported. Mm-hmm. Um, it was always made public mm-hmm. um, to uh, all constituents of the university. Mm-hmm. So um, I think the problem that we saw with it was this new, um, the way that it was defined mm-hmm. um, and um, why, the, why the change was put in place. Mm-hmm. We had always tracked it for mm-hmm. safety purposes, mm-hmm. um, for information. We have no problem sharing our crime statistics with prospective students or parents, mm-hmm. um, and we have we've always had programs to deal with um, these types of issues, counseling right. for victims, mm-hmm. that type of thing. Um, so for us, it didn't have as much of an impact as um, I'm sure it did for other colleges and universities. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we just kind of feel like that we will always protect the victims mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and we will provide that information to anybody who needs it. Were you surprised to hear this, I'm sure there were other things as well, but were you surprised to hear about these changes? Not really. Um, I think that um, that the, the short history had already shown us that um, we shouldn't be surprised by much. And um, what about the response to uh, violence that has taken place uh, not just on, at college campuses, and by that I mean gun violence, mm-hmm. but also in, in like in high schools, middle schools, all across the country. Yeah, it, it's it appears that it's on the rise. Um, do you think that more can be done or should be done by the Department of Education? Uh, well, yeah, definitely um, more can and should be done um, to protect our students. What would you like to see done, or what would you like to see come out? Um, well. Part of it is, um, I think, the, the first recognition that, um, that, that students have access to weapons. Uh-huh. Um, I'm really torn between the decision of metal detectors in the schools. I think it's just, it's, it's such a shame. It's so contrary to the educational environment that, uh-huh. that needs to exist. Uh-huh. Um, but if that needs to exist to protect our students, um, then uh, so be it. I, I would like to see other um, other initiatives put forward, mm-hmm. um, it, you know, as far as educating parents um, on the the issues of guns, and mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't know how much of that would help, mm-hmm. but um, I I don't like the thought that that students are entering the educational system, um, you know, with this sense of fear instilled. Maybe they feel differently. I think it would be important to ask the students. Mm-hmm. That would be a wonderful discussion to have. I think it would be important. Um, what about um, the talk of arming um, security folks and teachers? 
Um, many of the security people um, when I was in school did not even have a weapon nah. on them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just uh, operated by the sheer force of their authority and you followed their instruction. Uh, but the thought now is that they should be armed mm-hmm. and should have the right to shoot to kill if there is imminent danger, such as someone coming into the school uh, with a firearm. Yeah. Okay. Um, that can just open just a Pandora's box of all sorts of oh, yes. uh, issues. Um, what What are your thoughts on on that? Um. I I don't agree. I definitely don't agree with teachers being armed. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that there are some school resource officers who they want to be armed. Um, I think if, you know, they're trained, um, that that could work in some situations. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know on, on our campus, um, we are not allowed to carry firearms on campus. Mm-hmm. And our campus police um, do not carry firearms either. Mm-hmm. Um, we feel if there's a major threat like that, that we will call in IMPD for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I'm not comfortable with guns in schools. And talking to your friends and neighbors, what type of discussions, what, what sort of things have come up during those discussions regarding this sort of thing? Um, primarily, um, it's it's an overall agreement that guns have no place in a school. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, are you against guns in general or just against them in schools? Oh, definitely not against them in general. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a, a lifetime licensed gun carrier. I, I own more than one. <laughs> I carry them with me whenever I feel like I want or need to. Right. Um, I... I do have um, a, a personal belief that that no civilian like myself should have access to any um, automatic weapon. I there's no need for that. Um, <laughs> it's going too far. I feel quite comfortable with my 380. Um, that's about all I need. So yeah, that's that's another issue. That's another. Yeah, that, that's another issue. Well, there's a, there was a, a talk a while ago about an assault weapons ban. Yeah, that's uh, across the board because of the uh, just the sheer damage that it yeah, can do. Some yeah. of them are military grade, mm-hmm. um, and that you know you don't even really want to hunt. Because they would they tear, would tear up, up the carcass the, yeah. and to the yeah. point where it wouldn't be useful. So that discussion uh, will probably pick up again as we talk about, uh, you know, the guns overall and access yeah. to guns across the nation. Yeah. Uh, now, when we talk about in the, the national level and some of the issues that are close to your heart, if we were to profile again, not looking really at parties, but to put together a profile of the type of person, the type of leader that you would like to have in the White House. How would you describe that person's profile? How would you describe the person? Um, well, I think the person would need to be um, well-rounded. So mm-hmm. they would have needed to have exposure to different types of people, whether it's race, age, mm-hmm. gender, mm-hmm. socioeconomic. Right, right. Um, I would expect them to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, I would expect them to be knowledgeable, to have some experience in not only politics, but in the things that, that matter, mm-hmm. um, such as some of the major issues that we've talked about today. Mm-hmm. Um, and they would need to have a hard skin. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not an easy job. Um, oftentimes you feel like that you're out there by yourself. Um, but if you know you're doing doing the right thing, then you need to be able to, to stand on that. 
Um, years ago, there was a president that did fireside chats on the radio, mm-hmm. and um, he would like to connect directly with the American people. Currently, we have a president that does that through Twitter. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about leaders that use uh, communications tools like that to communicate their thoughts? Um, it The tool could be okay if it were used for the opposite reason, and that was to listen to the voters' thoughts. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it, it could be a, a platform that w- could be used for that purpose that could be um, beneficial. Um, the way that it's currently being used, um, I don't think is, is benefiting um, the American people overall. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And it's, it's not... Um, supportive of um, good leadership. Mm -hmm. Um, Leaders have to listen. Leaders have to listen. Yes. Right, right. Well, I really appreciate your time here with us uh, at PointCast and sharing all of these issues that are close and near and dear to your heart. Um, And I certainly hope you get an opportunity to vote for the person that you feel should be in all of those positions of leadership, whether it's national, state, or local. Uh, As we as we close out, uh, I want to go back to uh, the interesting bit that you said about the access yes. to uh, education. I, I want to make sure that I uh, give you space on the point of access. You started with fourth grade. Yes. Earlier you stated that parents need to prepare their students for college as early as grade four. What does that really entail with parents in the schools advocating for their students? What do they need to do? Um, I would say the first thing is be active. Um, Be active in your child's school. Go to the things that they offer. Um, Know the teachers. Speak to the guidance counselor. Um, It's going to take some work on the parents part, as it should. Um, Parenting is is. It's a job (laughs) and that continues through um, and includes education. So taking advantage of the things that are offered, going to the things that are offered and just being a presence. Mm -hmm. Um, Often you will get information just because of where you are at the time. And and I'm sure it can have an, uh, an effect on the confidence of their young student to know that they have an advocate for them. Yes, and the confidence of the parent. When parents are more confident, they relay that to their student and that continues. So it's it's important for the for the parent to be confident in what they're telling their child too. Absolutely. Well, thank you again for coming in studio with us, sharing your thoughts and opinions and the things that are on your heart as an active voter. We really appreciate it and look forward to many things uh, from you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. All right. Likewise. Thank you.
What does that really entail with parents in the schools advocating for their students? What do they need to do? 